Hope is the greatest of all blessings, church. And that is why I'm preaching this message, is that you and I, being educated, can be messengers of hope to a people that don't find hope anywhere else. We can tell them. I like what C.S. Lewis said. I've been talking to you about the moral condition of America. I like what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis could have well written this for our times. He said, we want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven. A senile benevolence who, as they say, liked to see young people enjoying themselves and whose plan for the universe was simply that it might be truly said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. Well, I want to tell you something. I serve a God who is awesome, who shows up, who visits his people, who has power to deliver. This is my God. And so I turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7, and I read these words. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Treasure in jars of clay. We have this treasure. Can somebody say treasure? Do you believe that you have treasure in you this morning? Are you aware that you are very possibly the hope for somebody out there right now that you are friends with or that you're going to meet in the next 24 hours that has no hope? has no hope. They don't know the Jesus that you and I know. Remember that the apostle Peter, courage, exhorted us these words when he said, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies in you. When somebody looks at you and they see a gleam in your eye and a smile on your face and joy, they want to know why. And you give them the answer and you say, it is simple. It's Jesus. Jesus gives me life. Jesus gives me hope. Jesus is with me all the time. I believe then that hope is important, that we understand that this treasure in jars of clay is the very presence of God and that is the hope, church. He is the hope for this world today, forever, always. Amen. Paul begins 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with hope. He said in verse 1, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. In other words, we don't lose hope. We don't become discouraged. We don't give up. And he ends with hope. In verse number 16, therefore, we do not lose heart or hope. Listen to me. You got everything in the world to be excited about. Yeah. I love talking to some people. They say, oh, my 401k went south and everything with it, you know. Other people say, all my investments are going to. Well, I understand that and I sympathize with you, but hold on. Listen, your retirement is not in your 401k. Your retirement is in God. God gave you the ability to earn that money, did he not? Is it not God's money? If it's God's money, whose responsibility is it to see to it that you have enough money? If you've done your work properly and you've paid your tithes and you've given your offerings and you've been faithful, whose responsibility is it to see to it that you have enough? 
God's, isn't it? And do you think God takes his responsibility serious? You better believe he does. He will watch over you. The alternative to losing hope, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2 is this. He said, rather than lose hope, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. Beloved people will resort to secret and shameful ways in these times. Beware. Number two, we do not use deception. Number three, we do not distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. You see, I believe that Paul is saying there's a twofold reason here that we don't lose hope. Number one, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 16 to 18, he said, though outwardly we are wasting away, look at the person next to you and say, you are wasting away. No, don't do that. Don't do that. The truth is we are all growing older. Amen. He said, though we outwardly may appear to be wasting away, he said, inwardly, and this is why, this is what I'm believing for. Listen, I have seen people in their 80s who are believers in God that are filled with the fire and the Holy Ghost, and I'm believing God that I will be also. I'm not believing God for retirement. I'm believing God for promotion. Amen. You have what you ask, you have not, because you ask not. If you want to believe for cancer, go ahead, ball for victory. I don't want to believe for senility. I want to believe for goodness of mind. I had Seward come to my church down in Florida and preach for me. He was 90-some years old, I believe. He could no longer stand. His, his, his leg was not able to support him for any length of time. He could walk, but he couldn't hardly stand. And old C.M. Ward, we put him a chair up there, and he sat down on that chair. And I thought, I hope the old boy can stay on track. And that mind in that man was as sharp as when I had known him 30 years before. Listen, you don't have to succumb to ancestral curses. That's right. Your father is God. That's right. Amen. Your new nature wasn't birthed in your mother's womb. It was birthed in heaven. And it's the power of God that keeps us. It's the power of God that sustains us. And as I said before, we are not victims. We are victors. Yeah. 